What have you got there, mate? Just a glass of wine. All right. How is it? It's all right, I guess. I mean, obviously, it's not really delicious, like a pint from Beer 52. Well, it's a good job that this episode of Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs is sponsored by Beer 52, the world's number one beer club. With Beer 52, you'll receive a case of beer every month featuring craft beers from all over the world, including Belgium, California, New Zealand and more. As well as getting eight free beers, you'll also receive the award-winning magazine Ferment, as well as a couple of different snacks. Perfect for a night in, or an innocent picnic in the park. For the last time, it was a picnic. You couldn't see the snacks. We had two different types of snacks. Best of all, you can pause or cancel your membership at any time, so you don't need to worry about the ombudsman coming to get you if you want to take a break from your membership. So seriously, what are you waiting for? If you want to get started with a free case of beer, head to beer52.com forward slash peep to access your first case for free. Eight beers, Beer 52. Eight. That's insane. All you need to do is pay the £5.95 for postage. And don't worry if you're not a fan of dark beers, there is a light option available. So that's beer52.com forward slash peep to get your first Beer 52 case for free. Poor me. Poor me. Pour me another glass from Beer 52. Cheers. Cheers. and welcome back to a new series of Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs, a podcast all about discussing and reviewing the British sitcom Peep Show. My name's Tom Harrison and I'm joined as always by Rob Graham. Hello everybody. So we are back for our third series and uh, we obviously just want to take a moment to thank you all for listening and getting in touch for some really great engagement. We're still amazed by you all that you tune in week after week um, and people from around the world as well. I've seen some... Uh, some very some countries that I was not expecting yeah. to, to have tuned some in. Some Australian peep show fans. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, yeah, very nice to, to see. I can't wait to get started again. And of course, we'll be starting with episode one of series three, which is called Mugging. Um, and we had a really great run of episodes for all of series two, so I'm interested to see how we go in the next series. And I think there's a lot of good ones in this series yeah, sure. as well. Um, so if you're arriving here for the first time, please go back, check out the, the last two series that we've done. Uh, covering the first two series of Peep Show. Um, but if you've stuck with us and returning again for the new series, welcome back once again. Um, and let's, yeah, let's get into the new series then. So the synopsis for mugging is Mark's manhood is threatened when he's embarrassingly mugged by a couple of teens, which later affects his ability to get aroused when trying to get intimate with Sophie. Jeremy plans to get back with old flame Big Sue's, but this is made difficult by the fact that they're both already in relationships. Okay, so like I was saying, the, the last series was a brilliant one, and how do you think Series 3 kicks off from there, Rob? Yeah, I think this is a really strong return. Really strong return. I know like we harped on so much about how Series 2 was... Parts of Series 2 were the absolute peak of Peep Show so far, and I think this really comes back with a, with a strong one. It's got plenty of new characters, well, a few new characters, people like Michelle, who I know we don't see after this. Um... It's always good to throw in some new characters. The Mark and Sophie situation seems to have settled down, at least at the beginning of the episode. It seems to, We seem to be knowing where we're going. Um, and we finally get to meet the elusive Big Sue's, which I think everyone's been looking forward to from all the mentioning that Jeremy's been doing. Um, and I think that Michelle, I'm sure we'll go on to touch on her later, I think she's one of the better one-episode characters 
that we that we see. I think she's so out there and different from a lot of the characters we've seen so far. But actually, when you think about the sort of women that Jeremy dates throughout the run of the show, I think she's absolute like. Yeah, she's she, just like a, a sexually dominant woman and if you think of all the women when I actually made a list of the women in my head that he sleeps with in the, in the rest of the show they're all this sort of like sexually dominant woman woman who he's sort of quite yeah, passive in. he's if got think, a type yeah if you think of people like Callie um, the woman with the grass skirt made of dicks and all of those sort of <laughs> things um, I had a whole list in my head the Geordie woman like, yeah. all of these people who he, he has so I think Michelle is a good indicator of where he's going um but yeah i think it's a really really good start to the show yeah yeah i think you hit the nail on the head with uh, michelle there and like you say big series we had a few uh, references going in um she's definitely made up to be like a big deal in jeremy's life yeah and we get a little yeah. bit of backstory on those two um and the history so that's interesting to see as like you say he's been Hooking up with uh, Tony, Nancy, and at the beginning we get Michelle. Yeah. And you can tell that it's very... like All those re- relationships were very sexual. Uh, but in... With- Big Sue's, he's, it's, 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 it's... Bear in mind, we know that they broke up a few years ago in the reality yeah. of the show. And he's still still hung up on her. Yeah. But like, they're obviously something special about he's her. He actually seems to have feelings for her. Like, he said he's had feelings and he's in love with... Nancy and I think Tony, he was. I think he was in love with Nancy. I think, I think more so than Tony. Yeah, but I feel like he was he maybe infatuated has, with with Nancy. Yeah, I feel like Nancy was the sort of the exotic American. I think that was part of it. But he seems to be over that by now. Yeah. But he's still going on about Big Sue's. He's still really excited. Well, he's like a when, puppy, isn't he? He's like when yeah. she arrives back, he's just. Like, he literally is like, Big Susie's here! Yeah. And, like, runs to the door. <laughs> yeah, quite literally, like a yeah. dog, like, clawing away at it. Um, so, yeah, quite a big deal for, for Jeremy in this episode. And with Mark, like you say, the thing with Sophie sort of settled down a bit. I feel like it's at this point onwards now, Sophie begins to have that slight uh, personality shift. She becomes... She starts to behave differently from now on. Yeah, she starts to get and a little bit more... There's a few examples in here, and we'll go through them later, where you can start to see her shift in personality, where she becomes quite... Um, uh, unhinged? Yeah, yeah. No, kind maybe of unhinged like, is a bit strong at this stage, yeah. but she starts to become less stable. Yeah, more like aloof. And yeah. Yeah, just not like the Sophie we saw in series one and two. And not the sort of Sophie that we could imagine Mark... Plot spoiler. Mark marrying. Exactly. Which is obviously what goes on to happen. yeah. Very much so. In the first two series, you think, oh, okay. I suppose you didn't really get to know her that well, but you do get the impression that, yeah, like, you can see them. I don't think you like Sophie after the first couple of series. I think I don't think she's reflected well as a character, and I know we talked quite a lot about Sophie as a character in the first couple of series, but I don't think the first two series reflect particularly well on her as a a character. Mm. And I think, like you said we get to learn a lot more about her because Mark's involvement with her becomes a lot more consistent from here yeah. on in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the, the Jeff situation sort of takes a bit more of a background yeah. like, role in this. Okay, so let's dig into the episode then. So we start in a kind of unusual environment with Jeremy plung- plunging? Plunging. plunging. <laughs> um, and it's a... Uh, 
a flat or a house that we've not even seen before, so it's a little bit of an alien environment as well as the alien thing of... Although Jeremy was cleaning in the last episode when he was prepping the flat for Nancy moving in. That's the most housework we've seen Jeremy do like since the start of the show. Yeah, fair. And, yeah, so pretty miraculous, and his internal monologue is setting the scene. Okay, Jez, the love of your life's coming back today. Finish this shitty relationship. Shot to the head. Nice clean kill. And before that, you're wondering what on earth has Jeremy maybe got a job as a handyman? Or yeah, a you cleaner? don't know whose house it is. It's clearly not the flat, but we very quickly learn that as as it sort of turns around, you you see that there's Enter this new Michelle. woman. Yeah. Yeah, there's a new woman who he's clearly, clearly moved in with, living lover. I'm not really sure what their arrangement <laughs> is that's going on there. No. Um, but it's interesting that he's doing he's plunging away and a lot of women seem to be able to get Jez to do that sort of uh, those menial well straight away and and her first line is she comes in and she says you're going to have to plunge harder than that it's compacted grease yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) like she comes in and straight away you can see she's got that dominance over him yeah Um, and he then he then in his internal monologue is sort of going I, I, I don't like it when she's angry like yeah, I don't want her to get angry. I know, I know what she's like when she's angry. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a few things like he does. Um, we're jumping ahead a bit here, but he does. He becomes the weird butler thing for Sarah, and he just he dances for her. Like her I said, son. he's a lapdog. He's a yeah. lapdog. He just does whatever the woman he is in love with, sleeping with, infatuated with, lusting yeah. after wants him to do, because he just he's quite an emotion. We know. He's a very emotionally immature, but emotionally insecure character. If you think oh, when time. he goes to therapy and those sort of things later on, he's an <laughs> yeah. emotional wreck. Oh yeah, big time. Um, so he's just he's just eager to please, but he's obviously clearly worried that she's going to kick off. Yeah, there's definitely that sense of yeah fear. Yeah, but we don't really know what the arrangement is at this point. We don't know whether they're in a relationship, whether it's just like a casual sexual relationship. We don't know. We don't really get the establishing sort of bit beforehand. Yeah, we don't know how long Yeah, they've been together. There's that sort of between-series gap, which could be maybe if we're taking each series over the course of a year. But they could have been together for a little while. Um, yeah, we, yeah, we don't know what the gap was. Yeah, we don't know what the gap is between yeah. him sleeping with Tony at the end of series two and then... I imagine it seems a bit like a rebound thing after like things with Nancy going south. Yeah. And he's just found Michelle yeah he does seem to be quite a Tony like um, we'll get into it more that sort of things that she does although this might be an interesting like time to point out that uh, sorry Michelle was meant to be Tony oh okay because we talked about how we didn't really see there was no reason for Tony to leave at the end of series two yeah exactly so actually she wasn't meant to leave at the end of series two interesting because I mean, I think we had a look at uh, Elizabeth Marmer's IMDb, and it, I, she didn't go it, on to do anything. It, else, didn't, yeah. she? it wasn't like she moved on to be in a film or to be in a in, a, in another show. I was about to say a bigger show. There's no bigger show than Peep Show, but <laughs> uh, like there was no reason for her to leave. So unless yeah. it was just they didn't they didn't like the actress, but I bloody loved Elizabeth Marmer. She was great. Yeah, I thought yeah she was very good at it. And maybe she just had had enough. Like yeah, maybe. Um, or, and we and like we said. The gap between series two and series three, it might just have been that they'd sort of let her go. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, it could, it could, be, it could be anything. But it's just an interesting note that actually it was meant to be Tony in this episode, not 
not Michelle. Yeah, um, that's interesting. But like, yeah, so like we said, he's he's trying to sort of break up with her. He's he's well in his head, he wants to break up. Yeah, with her. he's trying to like pluck up the courage but, to do it. But before he gets the chance to, um, Michelle sort of hits from the other side and just comes straight in and just says, "You know, I'm looking for a lodger, and you know me and go me and you go really well together." Well, I was thinking, how about you move in? Yeah, and it completely like blindsides Jez. But in fairness, Jez has got enough about him to very quickly come back and be like, oh, well, that's interesting. Because I was thinking that I like you loads and loads, obviously, but that also uh, we could not see each other anymore. Yeah. And then he physically like sticks his head under the like the, the sink, the cupboard yeah. under the sink, like literally. I'm launching the missile and then I'm ducking yeah, in case it explodes exactly in my face. Like that. It's quite a, uh, a child. I think Robert Webb plays that scene brilliantly. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and. Like lines, he just comes out. It's like, well, I mean, instead of us calling each other up and kind of meeting up and hanging out, we should try not doing that. <laughs> yeah. And Michelle's just not taking no for an answer when she's just like, oh, stop seeing each other. Like, how's that gonna work? Yeah, how's that gonna work? <laughs> like, you, you big silly goose. <laughs> and um, she just—it's like we always talk about how Jez falls to like pop psychology so quickly, and she's just like. What I'm hearing loud and clear is that yeah. you're desperate for this relationship to grow. <laughs> and Jeremy's kind of like, oh, not exactly what I was saying. Yeah, she just like passes it, like passes it off as a joke. She's like, oh, Jez, like you're so funny. Like, what are you thinking, yeah. you silly boy? <laughs> but in fairness, she then gets right to the core of the problem and is just like, you know, how we have such an amazing time in bed together. Well, maybe if we take it to the next level, like act out our ultimate fantasies. And Jez straight away is just like, yeah, what, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. And I think she knows that she can use that sort of sex as a as a hold. Oh, and, you can, and, and women can use sex as a hold over all men, yeah. but Jeremy in particular just yeah. is absolute... And I think he, he like there's that bit when she says, "Oh, you know, we have a, a great time in bed together." In that, and his and face, yeah. he's like, you can tell he's a bit smug. He's like, "Well, like that's like, oh yeah." Like he obviously thinks of himself as being quite they good. They do in call bed. me the Croydon Casablanca. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's um, yeah, she's got him hook, line, and sinker yeah. as soon as she sort of like strokes his ego a bit. Um, so yeah, she she brings up about um, she like, bribes him with the ultimate fantasy, and uh, he comes up with a, a threesome. Seems which... really, and I mean, she calls it vanilla, doesn't she? That yeah. seems really mild for someone like Jess. Bear in mind what he's been doing with Nancy. Yeah, massively. It seems like I'm like you've taken a step back from what you were doing with Nancy. Yeah, I wonder if maybe Nancy just like shell shocked him. <laughs> He's just like, <laughs> Into like, I need to go back. Just missionary sex, <laughs> fish pie for dinner. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it does strike you as odd because we know that Jez is up for a bit of backdoor action yeah. <laughs> and things like that. He's not quite not, blacking up. He's but... not opposed to. Popping a finger up there <laughs> and, and things no, like that. No, does he pop a finger up or does he like having a finger popped up here? Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, a threesome is quite a an everyday. Yeah, and I, well, she comes straight back and she's just like, "Are you kidding? That's vanilla." Yeah. Where are the grass skirts made yeah. of seven dicks yeah. and things like that? Um, interesting, but uh, and it's also like Michelle's kind of. Do you see that as a bit desperate, like? Perfectly willing to do a threesome just to cling on to Jez, or for somebody who she seems to be claiming that they're in some sort of like loving relationship. If she sees this as a long-term relationship, it surprises me that she would. Yeah, if you have to offer a threesome just to cling on to your boyfriend, not sure if we use that term, but 
Yeah, a bit, a bit strange. But yeah, the, the vanilla uh, nature of the threesome definitely worth pointing out. So we, we, we head off from we, we head off from Jez, don't we, to someone who's definitely not up for a threesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we find Mark, who's bringing his shopping home. Yeah. Um, he's thinking things over about Sophie. Um, and remember that just from episode five of series two um, through to episode six and then to here, Mark's made loads of progress with Sophie. Yeah. I'm trying to think how episode six ends. So we had the whole thing with... Jeff and Sophie breaking up, and then Mark sort of tried to put the pieces back together. Oh, of course, then... and then it gets interrupted by Jeff sort of crying and Yeah, stuff. and they sort of nearly kiss. And he goes back to the flat, doesn't he? And he's like, I nearly, nearly got it on with Sophie. Like, Yeah, so Mark actually did kind of... Oh, he's talking about... Job. Isn't he talking about hiring a tandem and going to the Pyrenees? Yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, typical Mark is sort of going not yeah. to 100. But like, he has made a lot of progress in just a few episodes. So he's talking about this being sort of like the the big night. Tonight's the night. Sophie's actually coming over for some work. <laughs> I don't actually think there'll be much work, except sex work. Don't think of it like work. Fish pie, then missionary sex, and news night afterwards. Classic. Might make a joke about Paxman and the economics woman. Paxo, Paxo wants to stuff, stuffing. It's got to be a joke there. But the plans are just so... I, mean, I think we can assume this is probably their first proper date. I would imagine so, yeah. I can't... Yeah. If there's... this is the big night, but it's only these things, there's, there's this sense of occasion. But even then, it's not a date night, is it? He's invited her over for the premise of doing work. Yeah. But, I mean, a, she's not like daft. A, and a we, thinly we... veiled yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, premise of work. Um... But yeah, the, the plan is, fi- is it fish pie, missionary, missionary sex, sex, and news night afterwards. Yeah, and it's just the most... That is not how you do it, though. <laughs> this is one of my favourite, not because of the quality of the line, but just David Mitchell's delivery of it, when he's just like, I don't think there'll be much work, except sex work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and I think me and you mimic not the actual line, but like the intonation of that so much of oh, this general yeah. conversation. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And I like how he, he focuses on the, the, the sex thing. He sort of brushes away and then it's focusing on uh, Paxman, Paxo, gotta be a joke in there with stuffing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you should be thinking about the, oh, where's the, t- the night gonna go? And like, you know the the naughty things that can, yeah, can that's happen. That's not my style, like, though, is it? No, it's just. Have you got nice tits? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's he's walking down to this um, underpass, and I think just having those two extra people walking down there seems to make a huge difference because it's quite a long road he's walking down. Yeah. And that way, we, it just breaks up a bit. We can see Mark from their point of view, and Mark himself then has something else to look at other than the sort of dull greyness of the the underpass yeah um and and it just gives him that time to complete his monologue before what's about to take place and it's good to see that mark still was hyper analytical <laughs> that we know the, the man that we know and love um that's just something about the uh, the fish pie and missionary that, that those things just shouldn't go together <laughs> for me it's kind of it's kind of awful but yeah he, he's on his high but that bubble was about to burst as two young scoundrels <laughs> uh, approach him and uh, ask to borrow his phone. Alright mate, will you lend us your phone mate? What? Lend us your fucking phone. Why? Well I need to make a call. We should put these two guys might be the least threatening muggers I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> they look like they're in need of a good meal. So that's all <laughs> <they need>. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Although, shout out to, um, I think it's Joseph Alton. Oh, he definitely has gone on to bigger and better things, He's, hasn't he? Uh, you, Game of Thrones fans might recognise him as one of the members of the Night's Watch. He is, yeah. So, yeah, shout out to him. This is... Uh, his early days, yeah. I guess. But this is just peak Mark trying to like reason with them. He just goes, Don't you have your own phone? Come on, lend us your phone. Right, it, it's just neither a lender nor a borrower be. Do you think we're some pair of shithouses? Yeah, this isn't how you address like a couple of muggers. Like, Mark's just so. There's a lack of like street smart. Yeah, don't like. Just <laughs> ma- manage the situation here, buddy. Yeah. Like, and wait, they. And, and they. They seem to realise what Mark thinks is going to happen because they're just like, do you think we're some pair of shithouses? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's a, that's a very British yeah. thing. In the... and, but Mark's like, no, 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 God, no, no, no. <laughs> no, God, no. It's just, it, it's a blackberry. Give us your phone, give us your wallet. Come on, before we fucking do you. Do me? Are they going to rape me or kill me? If they rape and kill me, I hope they kill me first. I sort of win. And then Mark makes the unbelievable mistake in that he helps the thieves by offering up other possessions. When they, I think they take out like just like 20 quid and he's like, what, you got nothing else? And he's like, oh, well, yeah, like I've, I've got my travel card. And they're like, yeah, brilliant. Well, I found that as well. so weak. And that travel card, they're worth a lot of money. If he's got like a an annual one, that's like a few thousand pounds probably. Mark's not doing annual, is he? Mark's doing month to month. Do you think? The, the savings over yeah, an annual. I could see him with one of those. And that, so that's worth way more than anything else in his wallet. And he just, like, gives <laughs> it to them. And he's then immediately even aware himself. He's like, oh, yeah, that's great. Help the muggers. Like, what do you want? Their approval. <laughs> and also the, the picture on the travel card, I just want to point out, is that it's weird in the picture Mark looks as terrified as real Mark is. I don't know if you had a look at it. No, like, I don't. I, I paused to have a look at this picture and there's this look on his face that's kind of like, what's happening? Like, I can imagine he's quite a awkward in a photo booth yeah. kind of situation. But there's a brilliant sort of like parallel there where even like picture Mark is like, shit, what's going on? <laughs> David Mitchell never changes. He could have had a shot from any point in the last 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Back to the mugging. So they, after they've um, sort of gained everything for from him, um, they just go, right, now piss off. And like, he just, he starts sort of trotting away, doesn't he? Yeah, that's he? exactly the word I've got down. Like trotting, trotting And then away. he just, they just shout after and they're like, all right, now piss off. Oh, this really takes the biscuit. Foster. I thought it was at least the muggers who had to run off. The victim flees. Foster! Oh, this really leaves a sour taste. And then it's almost like prancing. Yeah, <laughs> like skipping and he's, sort, yeah, just, and he's, he's holding these shopping bags in either hand. Yeah, like down by his side. There's no arm movement, but this weird little trot. And Mark's like, oh, Brilliant. this really leaves a sour taste. <laughs> <laughs> so from one despondent situation, uh, we head straight back to another, where Jez is... Um, building up to his threesome and the return of Big Sue's, isn't he? Um, and he sort of goes, oh, this will be okay. I'll just do the threesome tomorrow, then finish with her. Yeah. And gentlemanly, but then it's a threesome. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I love how we can see him cooking and the state of the kitchen he's left it in. There's just like, I don't even know really what, it, it looks like some kind of maybe bolognese. It's a saucepan of like tomato. Yeah, and yeah. And it's just all over the hob. And it, he's we just chucking really, things in. We never in. really see him do much cooking, do we? No. 
No, definitely not. But it looks a complete mess. Yeah, so he's, he's debating this situation, like whether to go through the threesome and then finish with her or, or not. Um, and Mark arrives home and uh, obviously he's quite downbeat after the mugging. Him, yeah. And so when Jez asks him how he is, Mark sort of tries to, to hide what's happened, sort of that typical like stiff upper lip British attitude. Because, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of... Um, embarrassing yeah for, really a, for, wanna... for anyone but for a for a bloke to admit to another bloke that he's just been mugged is quite yeah quite a galling experience definitely so but um, and mark sort of hits the nail on the head doesn't he? he's like no you need to tell him what happened just button up just like the 40s people saw terrible things in the war they didn't go on about them had a cup of tea and invented the nhs <laughs> <laughs> yeah which again yeah we've got our first uh world war ii i think it's the only the one of the episode i think I've, I looked through with that. There's only what I think it's the only oh. World War Two episode reference he does in the episode. Mark's getting slightly cooler, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and we get this bit where uh, so we can see Jeremy still talking yeah. and Mark's and having Mark's this monologue. monologue. Taken it, and then in that, Jez goes to reach for some of the parsley quite innocently, yeah. and he even says and he like, asks for it. Yeah, he does. He says like, "Do you mind if I have a bit?" And Mark's <laughs> reaction just explodes, <laughs> and he's just. Cool, mate. I have a bit of your parsley. Get away! Fuck off! Fuck off my stuff! It's just a bit of parsley. And uh, so Mark then comes out with the tale of the mugging. Yeah. And uh, while initially Jeremy's quite sympathetic... Um, he's not that sympathetic, though. He goes, oh, mate, that's unlucky. Well, he does, like... He's saying, um, oh, like... Did they he have says they knife? target the frail. Well, he's that's in, in, to... in his monologue. Yeah. He's, yeah, quite the opposite. He's saying, like, yeah, they uh, they target the frail, that they smell the weak. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, he does kind of... He seems worried about... He assumes that they have a knife. Yeah. And when Mark says no, he's like, whoa, like... A shooter, which is quite. Uh, it always annoys me. That line it always irritates me. The fact he refers to it as a shooter, as though he's like fucking Danny Dyer or something. Yeah, very much like that. Um, but Mark insists. Oh no, there was, you know, there were two of them. <laughs> it's like right, okay. They, they asked to borrow my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then any sympathy that Jeremy has just like is dissipated. He doesn't even need to finish that line, doesn't he? Just like there was two of them. They asked to borrow my phone, but they didn't really want to borrow it. No? No. Then they asked for my wallet. Mm-hmm. So they asked, and you just gave them your wallet? Jeremy, I, I was in the underpass with these two... Gentlemen who asked for your possessions. Mark, you've got to toughen up. This is the 21st century. You've seen Mad Max, haven't you? That's what's going to happen. Mad Max is not necessarily going to happen. This is where Jez's like pseudo-intellectual stuff, I think, really comes in. And we always talked about in the first series how was Jeremy particularly intelligent. He came out with a lot of these quite clever lines. Mm. And every time I remember in the first series you saying, oh, we don't give him enough credit. And actually, I think by now we sort of realise Jeremy's quite a, a book-smart guy. He's just not a particularly like street-smart guy. Uh, no, that's not, no, maybe not street smart. He's street smart. He just doesn't know how to look after himself. I think he, yeah. kn- he knows a lot of stuff. He's picked up loads of stuff from Mark, and he uses references in the correct way. He does, but he's um, he doesn't really know about the important stuff. No. His knowledge base is kind of random. Like, he's just picked up bits and pieces here, and he's picked them up well and obviously remembered them. But when it comes to, like, the whole... 
Israel versus Palestine. He just like yeah. makes a game out of it, and and little things like fu- in the future when he sort of talks about the ombudsman. I know that's way in the future, but when he sort of talks about the ombudsman and not the understanding that ombudsman isn't a, isn't a man. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's a group like, of civil servants. Yeah, like. so in some aspects, he's actually very. I don't want to say stupid, but naive or ignorant. Yeah, he's, he's picked up. He's picked things. up references. He's kind. Of, he's very similar to Hans, isn't he? That he comes out of some yeah. quite wordy things. He's quite. Do you tell you? Tell you who he's like. He's like Russell Brand. Yeah, <laughs> he comes up with all this, like I said, pseudo intellectual stuff. That when you dig into it, you're like, you've just swallowed the thesaurus, haven't you? That's what you've done. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he's like, you live in your hitchhiker's guide world, wandering around in your dressing gown, have a nice cup of tea. And then Mark just shuts him and get down again, doesn't he? He's like, well, anyway, Sophie's coming over tonight. Like, I'm, I'm going to need the cooker. Yeah, he's not got time to worry about the mugging and whether Mad Max may or may not yeah. happen. He's uh, He's got to get things going for the big date. We have a, a crossover of them trying to date over each other, don't they? Um, so Jez sort of is like, oh, it's just, it's my it's my big night with Big Sue's. <laughs> Mark just doesn't know how to deal with it. He's like... So you finished with Michelle? Yeah, and it quickly comes out that no, he has this threesome dilemma, but his plan is just to hide them from each other and sort of like attempt to reap the benefits, but we can see that that's not going to go well. No, absolutely like not. These things never do. And actually, as soon as Mark goes back to talking about Big Sue's, Mark, um, Jez, sorry, he's like, oh, she called again tonight. What a great call. It was like the old day. She was laughing like a maniac. <laughs> like a maniac. Yeah, like, <laughs> But Mark, again, living in the real world all the time, he's like, so what about the threesome? What about Michelle? And Jez sort of sort of tries to palm him off a bit. He's like, oh, no, I've got a plan, I've got a plan. And his plan is basically, I won't tell Michelle about Big Sue's, and I won't tell Big Sue's about the threesome. Yeah. Like, it's not much of a plan, is it? Yeah, exactly. And then um, we get on to Mark actually, like, like you say, he asks about the plan, but then he gets into, you know, fairly deep stuff about Big Sue's and... Talks about, you know, is it such a good idea? Talks about how difficult it was for Jez to get over Suze. And like you say, we actually get a bit of uh, background. And we've, yeah. we've heard that Suze has been mentioned a couple of times in the first two series. And now we're finally getting to meet her. Yeah. And it's interesting to note that Jez is... Even now, even though we've seen all the stuff with Tony and Nancy, there still must be, you know, something bubbling in the background where Suze is sort of the one that got away well that's what for well, Mark then says isn't he he's like well in a way you, you never really got over her at all you never really got her, over her leaving yeah uh, but Jez then flips that back and he's, he's just like well it's just as well she's coming around then isn't it yeah so shut up yeah <laughs> yeah it's quite a typically childish response and we've talked about Jez's sort of immaturity towards love and yeah. how he handles those feelings and it's just I think is it a case of Big Suze is gonna trample all over him again and are we going to leave Jez in a like a pit of despair? Yeah. <laughs> and well, are we actually going to see how he responds to that? Because we've never seen him. We've seen him mention Big Sue's a few times, but we've not really seen him the actual deal dynamic with those and, feelings. Yeah. yeah, and now we we may well do. Yeah, and again, this is an interesting point that um, Big Sue's was actually meant to be Nancy. Yeah, and that's interesting because that changes the entire dynamic of this this whole episode. Like they must have had to rewrite this. Well, yeah, and. Jez talks about Big Sue's loads before he meets Nancy. Yeah, exactly. So they must have sort of realised quite early on that it that it was the Nancy staying in wasn't going to work. And I can see how it makes sense because Big Sue's we discover is dating a monk. So like 
that would make sense with the whole Nancy storyline of being a really devout Christian and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's interesting like how much was rewritten versus how much was just sort of like rerouted. Yeah. Because like you say, there are some parallels there with dating the monk and Nancy's like church work and things. But yeah, Suze was a character in her own right before before Nancy would have even been because he talks about Big Sue's in the first series doesn't he before Nancy's even a thing yeah exactly so there must have been an element where perhaps originally Big Sue's was going to be a character that would appear much later in the series and they've just thought right we need to bring that forward or it'd be interesting to see interesting that both Tony and Nancy haven't returned and presumably Big Sue's backstory wouldn't be any different because her her part in Jess's life is still not going to be any different. Like you said, it might just be a case of they had Nancy to still be in here. Yeah, and, and she wasn't bring things forward. But then, in the comparison between that and Tony, Elizabeth Marmon never comes back. Like Tony, we never see again. Whereas Nancy, we see again. Yeah, like in series four. Uh, yeah, it will be four. It? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just before Mark gets married, isn't it? Yeah, so it's um, only a brief like disappearance from Nancy yeah it's, it's, it's an interesting one I don't really know what the reasons were behind it if anyone does know give us a shout out any theories any theories <laughs> if, um, if Elizabeth Marmer or um, Rachel Blanchard wants to get in touch yeah here's that I know you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, any Jesse Armstrong, Sam Bain, if you <laughs> if you've got any any anything any light to shed on this, please do let us know. <laughs> um so we, we fast forward a couple of hours and Sophie is complimenting Mark on his great fish pie. Um we all know where that's gonna lead so, on to. Some fantastic missionary research. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we get some clever or at least what Mark considers clever sort of um maybe not manipulation, but like, I don't know game here yeah mind um, game isn't it and he, his little response to her compliment and he says oh thank you Soph uh, thank thank you very much I'm, I may not be an expert but I do my best and that's all anyone can ask but actually whilst he thinks that's a really good like that's good game her face is just like what the hell are you talking about man like she does that really awkward smile that she does a lot yeah and, he, and then internally he's Comments about just subtly lowering her expectations in the bedroom <laughs> there. Um, and then he does make his proper move. So he's becoming more direct now, which is something that we always used to... Um, Criticise him for. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That used to be his big weakness, especially with sort of trying to get with Sophie in particular. Um, and he says about moving things to work in yeah. the bedroom, but then immediately adds in that quote, in quite the tone of his voice shifts as well, it becomes quite blunt, and then just goes, "Yeah, you know, it's fine if you don't want to." And it's a bit like, "Oh, like okay, just he seems, keep going with it, man." Yeah, she's obviously keen. He seems so like afraid to commit to that yeah. gambit of like, "Do you want to go into the bedroom?" Yeah. But then her response then takes him by surprise. So he's gone with this sort of weird forward, but then he retreats slightly. She says that she says yes, willing to go into the bedroom. Um, and he's immediately then like freezes, doesn't he? He's like, "Oh gosh, he's a man eater!" Like as though, as though the fact that she's willing to go into the bedroom with him means she's some sort of like absolute. I don't know what. Yeah, like an animal. Yeah. Like she's gonna chew me up and spit me out. And it's like, no, like, chill out, mate. <laughs> like you yeah. just said you want to come into my room, and she said yes. Yeah. Like it, it, it's not that. Not that. What deep. was he expecting to happen? Though? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe it's just that thing of like constant fear of 
rejection, yeah. which I think he, he quite he openly, has, yeah. yeah, he deals with it quite a bit, but quite interesting that you got to the point where you can go with that move. And, and he even knows that she said, when he was reading her emails, she said, like, I wish he would just be a bit more, yeah. like, you know, take but if more that, But if that's not your way, then it's, it's bloody hard to... It to is, be that direct. True. Especially if you keep getting knocked back, which is what keeps happening to him. So I can I can sympathise with Mark. Yeah. On that one. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, but on the other side of the coin, Jeremy is like a, a dog with two dicks, isn't he? <laughs> He's like, Mark, where's all the IKEA candles? <laughs> yeah, which is a great. It's a throwaway comment there, but it's some great foreshadowing for what's going to come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, because we obviously don't see at this point that all the IKEA candles <laughs> are in Mark's room. Um, and then this is the bit I was talking about earlier where it goes, it's Suze, Big Suze is here. And he literally like runs to the door like yeah. a dog who's, he- who's heard, bar- uh, a, do- a dog who's heard knocking. It's Suze, Big Suze is here. So he, he answers the door and the what, moment what, what, what we've what all been waiting expecting? for. Cause there, there's the name Big Suze. So maybe we talk about the name first. Like what, I don't know. what are you expecting from Big Suze? Like, I think you're led to think she's going to be literally big i don't know i don't, I don't know I, I think it's so long since i first watched that episode i can't remember what i thought she was like what 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 impression i think because it was more sort of what what her personality would be like i think necessarily than what she looked like and the effect that she would have on jeremy because i think looking back to 15 years ago i can't yeah. really remember what i imagined her to look like I don't think I would particularly remember yeah. thinking she was going to be like six for eight or something. Like, <laughs> I was thinking Peter more Crab- in terms oh, of like, you thinking weight. Fat? Yeah, okay. I was thinking more of that. Yeah, I wasn't thinking she was some kind of giant. Nah, Jeremy's <laughs> so vain. Not yeah, vain, so shallow. Um, shallow. Yeah, that is, I was just going to raise that because we've seen, because he's very, um, all his previous relationships that we've seen have been all sexual, like yeah. grounded in the sex. So yeah, I'd find it a bit hard to believe that he'd, go for someone who you could label Big Suze. But I suppose it, it would fit her personality. She's quite... She's not loud as such, but she does have quite a... Her personality is quite... Not overwhelming, but there's quite a lot That's just to she's her. Yeah, but like quite overwhelmingly so, or at least compared to the others. Like I think even like Mark refers that he... Could Even be her I, bit of yeah. rough, and it's yeah. like, wow, she is is really, really posh. But so Jez opens the door, and Big Suze is... <laughs> That's Big Suze. Big, Big Suze is a, a looker. Yeah, she's a good-looking <laughs> lady. Yeah. Um, Shout out Sophie Winkleman. <laughs> yeah, obviously now part of the royal family, is, so yeah. to be careful what we say. <laughs> yeah. um, and of course, big sister to, um, to Claudia. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that at first. That's, uh... Now I know. Now we know. <laughs> <laughs> now I know. Looking at her, I can sort of see sort of a little similarity. But anyway. Yeah. So Big Suze arrives. Hi, Jeremy. Big Suze. My God, you're looking great. Three years, yeah. Three bloody years. I know, and look at you. God, you've changed so much. Although, I think you might be wearing exactly the same clothes as when I last saw you. Right, what a weird coincidence. Now, is that, I think we're supposed to assume that that's some sort of ploy from Jeremy, like, um, do you think that's like, I'm wearing... No, I think he's just a slob. (laughs) Do you think, because he says, oh, yeah, like, 
What a coincidence. To me, that sort of suggested that it was some sort no, of... No, I read it the other way. I, I thought it was a thinly veiled dig. Not very thinly veiled. A dig from Big Sue's to Jeremy basically being like, look at you, you're still wearing the same bloody clothes when I last Yeah. Time. And he's uh, yeah. just like, oh, what a weird coincidence. Like, as in, don't put me down. Like, I didn't... I, I think I saw it the other way to you. Ah, uh, okay. But, e- but either way, he yeah, probably is wearing the same way. clothes. He wears the same clothes all the time. Um, it, it's worth pointing out that he says to her face, Big Sue's. Like, she doesn't seem to bat an eye. So that, I suppose that does suggest that it's not a weight. No, related. and presumably, but it's only Jez that refers to her as Big Sue's. When she's with Johnson, Big Sue's isn't a nickname that she has for herself because Johnson just refers to her as Sue's, doesn't he? Yeah. I'm trying to think if Mark does or not. I think Mark. Yes, because he says, calls her like Lady Big Sue's, doesn't he? Yeah, but I suppose because he's living with Jez. He's, yeah, it's just what he's point, been but... what he's been used to. Yeah, and she seems very. You can tell that the, the reunion is more like ah, oh, like it's good to see, you, but it seems quite platonic. Yeah, might... and it's very much like the whole El Dude Brothers thing, where one of them goes full force and the other one's really like reserved. Yeah. So, like, Jeremy's gone in all, like, oh, my God, it's Big Suze! (laughs) And Suze is like, oh, great. But the difference is, we've established Jez hasn't moved on. Yeah. And Big Suze, we discover in about five seconds' time, has. Has definitely moved on. And I think this is a really good scene where she's just like, we should leave that for Stu. Yeah. And you you know it's coming. Like, you know that she's, this isn't going to end well for Jeremy. This is Peep Show. It's not going to be a happy ending for him, is it? Yeah. But Jez is like, Stu? What Stu? Who's Stu? And then suddenly the the, the penny drops. Uh, yeah, th- at first, as you say, what Stu? Yeah. Then, like, there's a meal coming. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, wait. And then it drops again. like, oh, who's Stu? And she's like, Stu's my man, my hunk of monk. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, what does that mean? And she's like, oh, like, he used to be a monk. Like, is that literal? And Jeremy's just devastated. He's parking up the golf. I love the. I, I don't. I don't know why that line is so funny, <laughs> but it's just the fact that she has to reference it. <laughs> yeah. So this is a bit of a hammer blow for poor old Jez. Um, and we've, we've spoken about his childish attitude and interpretation, perception of love and romance. And he he goes back to that phone call that they had. He's like, well, because I just thought, you know, on the phone there was all that laughing, like. What was all the laughing? I think that's quite... A, maybe not with laughing, but I think that's a fairly standard bloke thing. And, yeah, so it's just laughing. Sue sort of uh, shoots him down like that. and um, But she's aware that Michelle is on the scene, so we get this link that Sue's and Michelle are friends, or at yeah. least were, and that takes Jez by surprise, and he... He very quickly, like we've seen time and time again, he just bins off the other person as yeah. soon as like some no, that's bets done. come along. It's yeah. Like, yeah, that was a mistake. And yeah, a few subsequent mistakes. But <laughs> so. isn't that really weird that we talked earlier about how Tony was meant to be Michelle or Michelle was meant to be Tony and yeah. Big Sue was meant to be Nancy. That would have been a really weird thing if it had been Tony and Nancy then living together. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. That's why I think... I, I wonder how much has been the completely rewritten be versus yeah. sort of like course corrected a bit. Because yeah. it's yeah, it would be a fundamentally different thing if Tony invites Nancy. Yeah, it wouldn't and make cli- any sense, would it? And yeah, they clearly there's no that they, could have still been Big Sue's though. The uh, plot, it could the, have. The, the nuances of the plot would be different though. Yeah, but they, they establish here that Michelle and Sue's are clearly old friends. 
and with Tony and Nance, yeah. that, that wouldn't have worked because they meet each other at rhythms. Yeah. But like you said, uh, Jeremy comes out and sort of says, followed by a series of subsequent mistakes, which, when you look at it all together, don't really add up to much. I'm like, he's been living with her. Like, sh- like he's got to really think the big series has got to be stupid. Mm. Um, although he does refer to her as a stupid posho at some point, doesn't he? So, like, <laughs> yeah. He probably does think she's stupid. So, next, Stu finally uh, Stu bod! <laughs> And uh, Jeremy continues with this childish attitude, and I don't even think he says, like, hello or anything. He introduces himself as oh, no, goes, Suze's ex. He goes hi, so so Stu comes in, he's like, hey man! Yeah, quite a positive uh, yeah, and, intro. And presumably he knows. Actually, he doesn't. No. I presume that Big Suze would have mentioned, like, if they live together, that's a really quite big relationship. Although, but we're going to see Big Sue's downplay it massively. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, not really. Because Jez opens with Amarex. Um, we and live she together. Says, oh, I think she says something about, oh, not really. And it's like, we live together for a year and a no, half. No, she says, she just goes, Jez, don't be stupid. And he's, yeah, like, we, and he's like, really straight face. He goes, we live together for a year and a half. Yeah. And Big Sue's like, well, we kind of did. But in 2002, in that weird flat... I think when she says 2002, that's only like a couple of years ago. Yeah. So it's not even this that This is only like, long. what, 2005, 2006? If, yeah, uh, yeah. Unless there was a big gap between two and three, which I don't think there was. Um, but then again, everything she says is crushing Jeremy's sort of dreams. Yeah. It's like, the love shark. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, this was like, this was the high point of my life. Yeah, that's a key memory for him. And yeah. she's just, you can tell that that's, he's invested way more into that She's just moved she, on. And she's just yeah. moved on. Whether she invested in it at the time, and no doubt she did. Like, if you've ended a relationship or anything, sh- you're always going to downplay it in your mind if you then move into a new relationship. Your previous relationship was always going to be slightly less important than yeah. the one you're in now. And I think even if Suze wants to downplay it, living together... That's a big deal. Yeah, very big move. But anyway, she very much downplays it and then just sort of says, right, listen, can we take a shower? (laughs) And and Jez is like... so weird. Jez is just like, no. But... Well, he says yes to Suze taking one. And then when Stu says, oh, like, can I have one as well? He goes, oh, no, there's not enough water. Which then immediately you think, he thinks he's being clever there. And then Sue's like, oh, it's all right, we'll, we'll share. share. It's like, that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> but it's a weird one. Like, obviously they're in a relationship. What's he expecting? Like, they haven't, like... Yeah. They haven't slept together before? I, I just think it's really weird to go around someone's... I would never go around your house and go, can I have a shower, mate? No, but... I suppose she's not even staying with him, is she? Yeah, it's really weird. I think he references having been on a flight. Yeah, he says it was a really sweaty flight. So, I suppose... Well, we don't know where they've come from, do we? Yeah. It's odd, but I think even so, I wouldn't ask... Even you, I wouldn't say, can I have a shower? But and if you just someone... arrived at my house after... I still don't think I would. If, and... if, my, if I was your first port of call, having just got back from like a nine-hour flight or something from Africa, mm. you might go, mate, do you mind if I just pop in the shower? You're not coming over... Like, um... Jez has, like, cooked dinner and everything for them, hasn't he? That was the plan. He was, like, drinking for her. Well, for her. But even so, he's prepared for it. So maybe she's thinking, oh, he's still, like, a really close friend of mine. And that might have been all they ever were. They might just have been cohabitants of a flat. Yeah, maybe. So it, 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 we don't know what the real dynamics were of the original relationship. 
Yeah, all we know is that he was very much in love with her, but whether yeah. that's reciprocated or not. So anyway, they pop off to the shower for an hour or so. Yeah, but she says, oh, we'll see you in an hour. It's like, what? Jesus. It was an hour-long shower. <laughs> hour is a really long time. That guy's got some stamina. <laughs> yeah, well, and Jez makes that comment, doesn't he? He says, like, oh, Jesus, he's a monk. He's going to have, like, 15 years' worth of spunk backed up there. How am I supposed to compete with that? That's a... Uh... An hour to get that 15 year back. <laughs> um, but Stu seems like a really nice bloke. I've just got to get this out there yeah. early. Stu is like one of the nicer guys in this show. He yeah. barely puts a foot wrong. He's a monk. Jess is just a bastard to him. He does do one thing wrong, and we're going to get onto this point later because uh, it absolutely grinds my gears. It, yeah, I think we're going to raise the same point. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get onto that when it happens. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, no, I know what you mean. He's just there's no, he's a salt of the earth bloke. He's not like he's done nothing but be nice to Jez. Jez has been straight in his face and been like, yeah, I used to date her. Yeah, I'm still I'm in love with your girlfriend. Basically, yeah, he does that to quite a few people. He's a bit of a sod, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a bastard. Yeah, but we um, we sort of let them disappear off of their shower and we head back to uh, the love den that is Mark's, yeah, Mark's bedroom. bedroom. Things are starting to heat up. Literally. Yeah, very literally, as Mark has lit possibly hundreds (laughs) of candles. We can see them across his desk, can't we? And across his his chest of drawers. Wow, this is a lot of candles. It's actually getting pretty hot in here. Yeah, I tried opening a window, but a lot of them blew out, which I suppose actually shows that electric light's actually quite a lot better, although I know that's not a very fashionable thing to say. Oh, nice one, Mark. That's, it's so unromantic. But it's weird because he he talks about that, but he's clearly made this effort, a misguided one, where he's thought, how what's romantic? Candles. Candles. I'll get as many candles as I can, not yeah. just dot them around the room and create a certain, like, ambiance. Yeah, it's just, I'm going to light an inferno <laughs> in here, to the point where Sophie's like, it's actually really hot in <laughs> yeah. here. And, and quite, Mark's room's quite small. It's not like it's... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's... Um, yeah. yeah, poor old inexperienced not quite, Mark. Not quite basically. the setting. Yeah. Um, but he's he, he acknowledges that he's going off on a bit of a, a tangent because he says, I know that's not a very fashionable thing to say. And then in his internal monologue, he goes, what am I talking about? Yeah. Um, and he goes to pull out Jeremy's sex CD and sort of in his head, like, better than big Bond themes, I guess. Yeah, and he has Bond wouldn't get mugged, which then instantly he recalls Back what's, the the, mugging, what's yeah. happened and he, he starts thinking about the those two teenagers making calls on his phone and yeah. could go out and cancel it now, mm, pretend I need a poo. Yeah, not no, very not. sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's that thing, like, come on, Mark, like, be in the moment, like, you've got this girl in your room and there's far too many candles. Yeah, and a bit things of are, like, Marvin Gaye's playing in the background. Yeah, there's... Yeah. there's yeah, the sex mix is going on. You shouldn't be thinking about two teenage boys. <laughs> and Sophie does want to get straight down to it. She's just like, right. She's so forward time to Time for us to get down to some work. Yeah. And Mark's like, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they start kissing, and uh, we get more brilliant like, POV kissing. And great monologue from Mark where he's going, oh, yeah, this is it. This is really happening. And then he's like, relax. Stop worrying about the muggers straight back to the muggers. Yeah. And their free calls. I'm getting sexy. <laughs> Bastards are probably doing going through my address book, randomly deleting contacts. <laughs> That's probably how they get their kids. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, things, yeah, things are moving on. Sophie's well, he... uh, stroking up his leg. But and then what... he's like, shit, I'm not kissing right. 
Yeah, again, hyper-analyzing. Yeah, and he's just going, he's not going well for him. Well, he's going well for him, but not in the pants department. Shit, I'm not kissing right. Plus, nothing growing in the pants department. I'm as limp as a charity wristband. Gotta stop thinking about the muggers. Be in the moment, Corrigan. Shit, she's snaking up the thigh. But there's nothing at the top of it. Abort! Abort! So, great. Great, that, that, that was great, Soph. Lovely interlude. I don't know why he's so worried about it. Yeah, there's very limited foreplay has happened in the build. Yeah. There's no foreplay to this. It's not like he's going to get a hard-on. They've kissed for ten seconds and yeah. she's stroking up his legs and it's like, I wouldn't worry too much. But it's that thing where like, Mark is hyper-analysing every aspect and, of And his the life. nerves of him worrying, and if he's not particularly sexually experienced, him worrying that if a girl feels his dick and it's and there's nothing happening yeah like not even a twitch <laughs> that she, he's going to worry that she's going oh god he's not he's not turned yeah. on by this yeah oh, we'll just call it a day yeah that sort of thing yeah. yeah but yeah so he's got so he's, he's he's trying to tell himself I've got to stop thinking about the muggers be in the moment Corrigan and yeah. then like you said he's, she's like he's like shit she's snaking at the thigh but there's nothing at the top <laughs> abort abort <laughs> And he does like, and it's so awkward. This scene is so awkward. Oh yeah, it's horrible to when, watch. When he's just like, so great, great. That was that was great, Soph. Nice um, interlude. Yeah. Oh, interlude. The way he says it. And yeah, it's very much he wants to get back to work. Yeah. And, well, but... he doesn't, does he? He just wants anything to happen. Well, to stop. Yeah. The fact that any he's not distraction. Yeah. And uh, but Sophie's got no interest in that, and. I think like Sophie has this impression that Mark's maybe just playing hard to get a bit, so she's like, "Oh, okay." Like, so she yeah. gets up with him, and she's quite bold in that she just she just goes to grab his penis, yeah. like <laughs> goes for his trousers, and he has to like move her hand away. But she's quite open about it. She's like, "Like, I know it's taken us a while to get here, but this feels really right." She's not like pinning him up against the wall or anything. Yeah. So she is trying to say to him, like, "Actually, do you know what? It's taken us." too serious it's taken us two years to get to the point of actually oh yeah well it's not has it there's been there's been a couple of times where they've got close well the the cottage was the was the main one but again there was she just used to jump between him and jeff like so regularly that this this does feel different this time with what happened with jeff like clearly that at least for now is very much not on the cards for sophie so mark's doing that want to say it that way but he's got like a clear run there's like yeah. there's no competitor no at least um for her but he um, he bats her away doesn't he he's like please yeah. don't touch my floppy cock yeah i suppose he's been building this moment up since before the show like before we know mark in yeah the show. he's so still this is in like love with sophie from then the biggest thing ever for him so and can... it must be frustrating for him to be like oh like it's not like and everyone has the everyone like will talk about a time where they've been like they've. it's not through the fact that he's really pissed and he's not able to get an erection yeah. he's too drunk to this is just pure nerves yeah stage fright yeah because yeah. he's probably thought about this moment hundreds of times like yeah played it out in his head missionary yeah. sex fish <laughs> yeah yeah funny that he plays it out so much and he only goes to the, that sort yeah. of level um but yeah, I do feel for him, but he, he doesn't help himself, no. does he? And talking of not helping themselves, we we venture back to the kitchen where Jez is um, drinking alone, isn't he? Yeah, now this I hadn't really noticed quite so much 
until watching it for the, the podcast is that from this point onwards, Jez is always drinking. Always. Every yet. scene, he has a can of lager in his hand from now on. That's mad. I hadn't spotted that. Yeah, so we'll go through it and I'll, I'll pick him out. So yeah, he's drinking but He's drinking a lot of vodka. He starts with point. vodka, yeah. Um, and he's trying to, like, he's trying to um, sort of reason with himself, isn't he? Sort of saying, what's the big deal? Why is it necessarily a bad thing to drink alone if you drink a bottle of vodka and there's a bloke next to you? Does that somehow make it all right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the hunk of monk walks in. Yeah, only like, a towel on. Yeah, and with a fairly, and I'm saying this is a heterosexual male, a fairly decent body. Like he's he's fairly oh, yeah. he's fairly he's fairly well built. Um, and he sort of wanders in and asks if he can have a swig or something, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and this, I think, is what we were both alluding to earlier. He goes straight into that fridge and he drinks the milk straight out of the bloody carton. Just when I thought I was gonna like Stu. Yeah, I know. He goes and does he's got that. one major. I mean, he's no Darrell. No Darrell with his character flaws, <laughs> but this is coming close. <laughs> yeah. So he drinks straight out of the uh, straight out of the carton, um, and even Jeremy sort of looks at him and sort of sees the muscles as they do that close-up shot of his biceps. He's yeah. Drinking. Jesus, that's what a man should look like. Those arms, they're amazing, like boughs of sturdy English oak. My God, if you had them wrapped around you, you just feel so safe. So even now, like, Stu is still coming across as the absolute gent. Listen, Jeremy, I just wanted to say, you obviously got some feelings about Sue's and the past, and that's cool. So listen, man, really nice to meet you, and no hard feelings, yeah? He's so he's so chilled about it, like, yeah. he's the, very much the bigger man. Totally. Really understanding of Jez's feelings. Doesn't rub it in that he's the one with Sue's. If this was the reverse. Yeah. I mean, Jez is already rubbing it in that he used to be with her. Yeah. And Stu's with her now, and he's not doing that. Uh, but again, this just shows Jez's immaturity, doesn't it? When he goes to, like, he's like no, like, uh, Stu puts his hand out. He's like, no hard feelings. And, and Jez goes to shake his hand and then does that. Like, oh, the fake out handshake yeah. thing. Oh, it's embarrassing, isn't it? And Stu's like, what does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what it means, Stu, from how it makes you feel. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it's just drunk talk, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, welcome to big school. <laughs> yeah, that's what it means. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so back with Mark. He's still clearly obsessing over the mugging. Um, and he's decided to take some precautions. This seems so out of character. By purchasing... Some knives. A knife. Good old Mr. Patel. <laughs> with uh, Mr. Patel seems to run a very strange <laughs> shop in which you can buy bits and bobs, gay porn, gay porn knives. knives. <laughs> I wonder if there's a sort of one of those bead curtains and you yeah. go through into the adult <laughs> section where there's weaponry and... Hardcore poem. And he, yeah, he's, he's saying, you know, good old Mr. Patel. But he's taken this knife into work. Yeah. He's standing by the like the printer or something, and he's brandishing this knife. And I know, like, it's for the benefit of us seeing it or whatever, but that just doesn't seem like Mark. No. To bring a weapon to work. I know he's on his own, but it's like, whoa. I suppose he's got to get it. He's worried about getting mugged on the way back from work, so he's got he's got to have it, isn't he? I know, but just to get it out, it seems. But it's a flick knife, isn't it? 
it, it's got a weird like it's, it's like that weird like mechanism thing yeah isn't this it? is an audio podcast Rob does. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Rob was gesturing you have to go and watch the video it sort of like comes out of the handle doesn't it if he pulls the handles apart yeah. the blade sort of but it's, it's, so it's, it's not a knife that is it's not like a kitchen knife no, it's not. It's a flick knife, but and it looks slightly more intricate than a flick knife. Yeah, and it also looks very. If you think of knife crime, I don't think of that knife. I think that knife looks like a the one you take on a picnic to cut your sandwiches with. Yeah, or just like, and it looks just old. Well, it, it, even he when, and I know we're skipping along a bit, but even when he gets it out to Sophie, he talks about like whittling hooves and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is very much that kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, very bizarre, quite bold that he's he's got this thing out at work. But, um, that, but that sexual animal Sophie is straight onto it. Yeah, it creeps up on him. And if she, you know, had arrived a few seconds earlier, yeah. she sees just a guy with a knife at work. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> you That's lock the building down, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and she's straight on. I was wondering how far a girl like you might go on a second date. She's still trying this sort of like horseplay, trying to be a bit like flirty, which is nice. I like the fact that she's maintaining this flirtiness with the least flirty person in the world. Fair play to her. Yeah. Although this is interesting in that this is a complete reversal of the scene. Mark comes in and tries a little bit of horseplay. I think oh, it's he, after squeezes the, a, he squeezes yeah, her bum, doesn't he? After the that, cottage. Yeah, after the cottage. That's right. And he ha- tries to have a go. And she's very much like, no, like, you don't do that you at do work. It? Yeah. And now we've but got that But that's more flip. because she just, because he does it from behind her. Whereas she walks in and she's like playing with his tie and... Again, she just goes for his trousers. She starts like brushing her finger yeah. like, along his belt lining like down. And you think, ooh, this is a bit... Sophie's sort of becoming a bit more... Um, uh, they're sort of sexualising her a bit more Yeah. from now on, I think. She's becoming much more forward. Yeah, which is, which I think is a good thing. It certainly... Yeah, adds, no, I, adds I think so. Hey, what you looking so serious about there, Mr Corrigan? Oh, uh, just... Nothing. Because I was wondering how far a girl like you might go on a second date. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, at, at, at least second base. He comes back, it's quite... Um... I mean, what's second base? Hand-holding? Like? <laughs> <laughs> it's a brush-up on your bases. Yeah, what? Second base is uh, a little bit of... How's uh, your father? <laughs> <laughs> like a bit of fondling. So, okay, okay. I'm not, but... I'm not a favourite bases. I'm, I'm not a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's quite it's quite a good thing with Mars come back like oh you know at least second base and she's like oh well blimey like because but I don't know again whether she's taking the the mic out of that I, yeah I think I think she is but it's all in, in good the flirty fun. banter it's, yeah it's yeah. all in like jest sort of thing yeah um, and you're right he's like relax let it happen but then he he's so worried about this lack of erection but he's also worried about the fact he's got a bloody knife in his pocket she's gonna feel the knife can't let her feel the hard knife or the soft cock look uh sophie this, this is a hell of a laugh and all and and i love horseplay and light-heartedness and, and having a great time but you know there's there's codes of conduct and disciplinary procedures and it just makes me very nervous all right, Mark, I'm just screwing around. I'm not going to get it on in the photocopying room. It's gone from five seconds ago, he was all like, ooh, you know, second base. And she's like, ooh, and it's all very fun. And yeah. then it's bang, no, there's disciplinary procedures yeah. and code of conduct. It's like chucking, like, ice water over the whole situation. But she's like, geez, Mark, I'm just screwing around. Like, she's not... Yeah, they're not going to start humping no. him in the office. Well, that's what she said. She's like, we're not going to get it on in the photocopying room. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's quite... He's, he's sort of quite... 
good here. He's like, yes, Sophie, I know. And she's like, let's have some fun. Like, you know, I'm just... I'm old-fashioned. I like courting. Courting. Um, Great word. Why don't we go to the pictures? Yeah. She's like, oh, shall I bring a chaperone? She's like, ah, a point well made, Sophie. Well done. <laughs> I, I like your joke. Yeah. And then as, he, as she goes off, he's like, oh, like, later, baby. And he's just like, the moment he says it, you must think, oh, you can't pull that Well, off he says that. it, doesn't he? He's like, note to, note, note, to, note to self re-being the Fonz. Mark, you are not the Fonz. <laughs> yeah. And then we get a little viewpoint of Sophie sort of looking back at him and Mark just looks like a little boy. Yeah. Like, he's We've so... said it loads. The way Mark holds himself just doesn't make him look particularly manly. Yeah, not at all. He looks pretty pathetic, I yeah. think. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, over at Michelle's place, uh, Jeremy's arriving for his, for his threesome. And as I was saying, every point now... He's got a drink in his hand. So if you look, when he rings the door, he's got a can of lager in his hand. Ah, okay. So he's arriving at the, the threesome, already drinking. Um, and Suze answers the door, much to his surprise. And he says, oh my God, I'm going to have a threesome with Big Suze. Michelle is not some sort of macho sexual terrorist. She's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it all comes out that, no, life's not quite that good for you, Jeremy. Uh, and uh, it's revealed that, they're just sort of lodging together. Susan needs somewhere to stay. Michelle's got the spare room, as she had said sense, at the yeah. start. So in she comes. And instead... They seem to come from two quite different worlds. Susan and Michelle. I can't imagine how they know each other. Yeah, Sue's the, the big posho. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Michelle's a bit more of like a Tony yeah. sort of thing. I don't know how their paths would ever have crossed. a university thing, maybe. But Jeremy's clearly still besotted with her. And he's just like, oh, that smile... And he's yeah. just like looking at her, and then, well, that's obviously in his internal monologue. Um, but then she just comes out with having an amazing time with the threesome. Bubble burst. Yeah, bubble right burst in one go. He's led into the lounge, then, isn't he? Where yeah. the third party oh, is sat there waiting. And... Come on, there's someone in the living room I'd like to introduce you to. Jeremy, meet Vicky. Hi there. Does he know the ground rules? What? Has he had a shower? He doesn't look like he showered. Why isn't she talking to me? Look, Vicky's just very busy, okay? She's not all that sure about this whole thing. She's doing me a massive favour. She'd just rather not talk to you, okay? Vicky, shall we go and get ready? Yeah, she's, um... She's interesting. She's not Big C. She's not Big C. <laughs> and I don't want to... We're not misogynistic on uh, Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs, but, yeah, she's not Big C, is she? No. She's, a. Uh... And it's not even just that, it's it's her attitude. And it's, it's the attitude well. and it's the way that the actress, and forgive me, I've not done my research, don't know the name of the actress, but it's the way that she portrays her. She's just in this like really drab suit. And as, yeah. we, as we are introduced to her, she's just sort of sitting there sort of dourly on the sofa. Mm. Um, and then obviously in the next scene, we see her like unstrapping this... Oh God, no. Bandage it's... from around <laughs> the ankle. It's, the least it's sexy awful. thing ever. Um, and we've got this thing where she doesn't even address Jeremy. She talks through Michelle and she yeah. says, oh, has he had a shower? He doesn't look like he's showered. Does he know the ground rules? I mean, Jess does look a bit of a wreck. He's in that hideous camo jacket with a can of lager, yeah. presumably in the middle of the day. It's, yeah, um, yeah not a great look. Um, but Jess is trying to make the best of it and he's telling himself, like, I will have had a threesome. I will have had a threesome. <laughs> Um, so I think Jez then they go off and Jez gets a, a brief 
like exchange with Suze yeah. about threesomes. About, and... her, about her friend Jen. Yeah, she cried for an hour afterwards. But then yeah. still says, but I'd still like to have a go with one at some point. It's yeah. like, oh, okay. Um, and she still says, yeah, like, have fun. Jez goes into the bedroom and we've got this, like... No, before that, before he goes back into the bedroom, he asks Big Suze out, doesn't he? Oh, yes, he does. He's, he says... He's like, Suze, I don't suppose you want to go back out with me. Yeah. And she just shuts him down. She's like... I just think you're a nice guy, like, but it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. And before he gets the chance to come back with anything and like profess his undying love, yeah. Michelle shouts through. He's, He's like, "Yeah, like, we're ready." Yeah. Forget about the ba- antibacterial wash. Or yeah, whatever. you can like, skip the shower. Yeah, yeah. like use a flannel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so he goes. <laughs> Vicky doesn't want to miss her train. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so Jez goes into the bedroom and we get this like juxtaposition of Michelle like kneeling on the bed. And there's sort of Jeremy's point of view, like closing in on her chest, and Michelle was. Like, is she quite is she clearly... dressed? Is is Vic is Michelle dressed particularly like in a se- like a sexy way? I don't think so. But there's that close up of like her cleavage, yeah, and and Jez is like, and then it's then compared to Vicky who's sitting on the end of the bed, like unstrapping her ankle. bandaged foot, yeah. which looks so grim. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Jez is like. This is great. I'm having it large. It's like I'm living in a porno. Except porn stars probably get lovely sedatives so they feel like they're not really there. Lovely sedatives. And then we skip straight to the end of it, don't we? I was like, that wasn't depressing. That was great. Yeah, so he, we cut to him then in the supermarket. And again, he's pushing his car and he's drinking. Yeah. Um, so he's shopping while drinking lager and eating the food as he goes around. Yeah. He looks like a state. But an- another funny thing I noticed was um, he's walking the wrong way around the shop. If you look at, like, a bit closer, if you look at the floor, there are these, like, blue feet, like, Oh, when he's going in the opposite and direction. it's, like, yeah, guiding human traffic around the shop, and he's just, like, defiantly going against But that. he's also talking at this point. He's like, why have I never thought about drinking in the day before? Oh yeah. Yeah, he's like, what's wrong? What's what's more fun than a couple of nice cold beer skis? Like, yeah, it's that continuation of when he was um, thinking to himself when he was drinking the vodka, when it was like, oh, you know, what's the big deal? Yeah, he's just like, trying to, trying to like, justify it to himself, isn't he? What's yeah. depressing about it? Nothing. You can't be depressed when you're pissed. It's not possible. <laughs> yeah. So then Mark calls him, sort of interrupts the the monologue, and and tells him that he's got a lead yeah. on getting his his phone back. And uh, we we jump between Jez and Mark, and we get Mark's end of the conversation caught through sort of both his point of view and other people's. And the snippets of where we're seeing the other people's point of view, the odd bits of conversation that people are clearly overhearing yeah. on Mark's end. So we get this: you're not just buying chocolate crisps and booze, are you? Which doesn't give a great impression. <laughs> like, I also have dips. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say I've, <laughs> I I'll say I've the dips. dips. And then they another couple of people walk past and he goes, I just hope Jez, like the drinking, it hasn't become a problem. So these people must be thinking like, who is he talking yeah. to? This guy's a state. <laughs> and he's like, of course not. Like, shut up, like, don't knock the drinking. It was while I was drinking, I came up with my plan about <laughs> Stu. He's like, <laughs> what's, oh, what's plan? the plan? He's like, I'm going to hit him. He's like, mm, not, not really, really a, much plan. a plan. Of course it's a plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking brilliant plan. <laughs> I plan to hit him. What isn't a plan about that? And then he, he dials off and we, we see him arriving at the queue to, to pay for all his shopping. Yeah, and he thinks he looks like some sort of Lothario, doesn't he? God, I must look so cool to her. Like Pete Doherty or Bukowski. Yeah, 
That's right, honey. I'm a street fighting man. God, she's probably getting wet just looking at me. Which oh, is such it's, a grim line. Yeah, he's so bad. And he's, he's, he takes a bite of some sort of, I don't know, like cheese slice. And it, like, yeah. some of it's like smeared around his mouth. And <laughs> he puts one of like the crumpled up, like already drunk can on yeah. the conveyor belt. And he's then he's swigging from the second one. So he's really sort of getting on it. And then he's like, hold your horses, honey. I've got coupons for the Pringles. Yeah, like through a full mouth. It's, oh, it's just, it's awful. And she just looks at him with disgust. Yeah. <laughs> As you would do. Like, Oh, yeah. This is an absolute wreck in this episode. Yeah. So we we cut to, we miss out the rest of his, his drinking session and we next see them. He doesn't seem drunk in the next scene. Although if he's still been drinking all day, I'd imagine he must be. But he's with Mark, isn't he, in the chicken yeah. shop? Yeah. With a can of lager in his hand still. So it's again, it's every scene he's got a can of lager in his hand. Yeah, so I suppose, yeah, he must have just... He's, he's still he's keeping still going. up with it, yeah. Um, so they, they're having the conversation with these two delightful gentlemen. And Mark is typical Mark fashion. like, so I'm after. And then Jez sort of shoots him a look. He's like, what I'm demanding yeah. is my Blackberry back. Um, I get the impression that Mark's sort of treating this as like some kind of really like low budget mafia thing yeah. where like these two parties are sitting down to do business. And they're just going to keep actually... sliding paper between yeah. the two of them on the table. Yeah, write down the number yeah. and slide it over. But these guys are just here to take Mark for a ride yeah. and it's ridiculous. When they say they might be able to help him, so like, that'd be fantastic, it belongs to my office... Like he's he's just he's so gullible. Yeah, well, these kids don't give a shit. No, and they're, they're like, oh, uh, it'll cost, it's going to cost you fifty quid though. Yeah. And again, Mark, this back and forth is like, no. And they're like, right, see you later. He's like, all right then, yes. Yeah. Caves immediately. Yeah. All right, cool. I mean, I think I have to say, and they sort of, he sort of says, I think this is a bit rich. Yeah. Um, he's like, oh, I guess there's certain administrative costs for you to bear. Oh, it's ridiculous. Like, he just plays into their hands. And the guy, the guy's not even intelligent about it. He's like, uh, it's 60 now, mate. Yeah, it's gone up yeah, to 60. he's seen there's probably an extra tenner in his wallet and go, oh, yeah, I love that as well. Yeah. I'll write it. Yeah. And Mark's just <laughs> Mark's like, like, obviously this dynamic can go on indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, so, and, and Jess is just giving him this look of just like, it should tell him all he needs to know. He's like, what are you playing at? Yeah, and then it's just once again, it's like Jez is... Jez just can't understand why Mark is so stupid. And like when this when this scene comes to an end um, and they're like, right, one more thing. Can you ask for it again, but in a lady's voice? You yeah. can see Jez being like... Jez like puts his hand over his face. Yeah, he's like, like I please, can't... He's like, like, I know he's going to do it. I know yeah, he's going to do it. It's like, I can't be seen with you. Oh, listen, one more thing. Will you ask for it again? But like a lady in a lady's voice. I'm sorry. Ask for your blackberry like a lady. No, I, I really think okay, I might. So Can I have my blackberry back? Please. Can I have my blackberry back, please? Jess is like, Jesus, what are you, what have you become? Like this is such a low for Mark. It's so like it's one thing to nick someone's phone, but to like this is degrading. Like but, getting him to grovel. But again, Mark's still trying to like once the guys have gone, they're like, oh yeah, we'll be in touch. I'll call you when I've got it. The guys walk off, and Mark's still in his head. like, how's he going to call me? Oh, no, no, I remembered. He'll have my number yeah. when I called him. Yeah. And then Jess is just like, yes, and he'll definitely be calling me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, like, do you think it's better? Like, Jess should step in here. Like, it's one thing, like, Mark being, like, Jess is of... half cut, though. He's been drinking since 9am. And that's he'd been drinking the night before. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. And Jez gives it all Billy Big Balls, but he's not going to start he's, a fight, is he? Yeah, he's not going to face off with these two no. thugs. 
Because these two do seem a little bit more about them than the actual muggers. I don't know. Well, compared to those muggers, those muggers were, like, farcical. Yeah. Like, at least these two have got... have eaten a meal this week. Yeah, very true. (laughs) Um, And having said that Jez isn't looking the sort of guy that's going to go for a fight, he's, um... The next scene, we see him waiting outside the church, ready to fight Stu, don't we? Yeah, he's just slumped outside the church. Yeah. Lager can in hand, again. He's still drinking, and... And Stu comes out, doesn't he? And again, Stu's the nice guy. He comes out, he's like, shit, man, are you okay? Like Instantly disarms him, I feel. And and, and, and Jeremy even acknowledges that. He's just like, probably missed my opportunity now, and I probably missed the moment to smack him now. And Stu's just so nice. He's like, how are you? Like, do you want to... I'm just heading back in for Evensong. Like, you could actually do with a... And, and he just gives him a big bear hug, doesn't he? Yeah. He's just really nice about it. Um, and you can see, the like, the internal struggle with Jez. He's like, oh, like I, I came here to hit you, but yeah, actually what... I could really use a hug right now. Well, even in his monologue, he's like... Oh, the hug. I'm finally getting the hug. He smells good. Those big arms. I just feel so safe. Like you said, it just completely disarms... Yeah. Any frustration or anger. And Jez, Jez is an irrational person when he's sober. So when he's drunk in, in this instant, it's even more so. Totally, like, yeah. Just, he's, he's not thinking straight about it, is he? It's hard to hate Stu. He's just, yeah. Other than the milk, his one sin, he's just a lovely guy. Like, are you going to hug the guy who's actively pursuing your girlfriend? Like, yeah. that's a hell of a monk right there, Stu. We missed Stu out on the World Cup of Peep Show, didn't we? Yeah, just nice guys. We put Michelle in it, but we didn't put Stu. <laughs> I feel like Stu could have done quite well. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; he's not he's not beating Johnson, but like <laughs> he could have done quite well. Anyway, we head back after this. I th- well, I think maybe we should stick with them a little bit because there's a little bit. Of, um, we go back and forth, around. don't we? Yeah. Also, there's a, a bit where um, that they have their hug, and we get the point of view of someone else. Yes, that's how we, we do. can see it. Yeah. And there's just a person staring at them having a hug. Yeah, that is weird, actually. You <laughs> don't really think about that. I suppose you probably would stop if you were a passerby. Just like, oh, there's two guys hugging outside the church. Like, what's going one on One looks there? like a hobo and one looks like a monk. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if we stick with stick with this thread. Yeah. Just so very briefly. So, he obviously takes him into the church, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and he realises that Suze is there, doesn't he? Yeah, and that... Puts a like goes to spoil it. I think if Suze hadn't been there, like that pl- that hatred would have just continued to diffuse, and it's Suze's being there and saying how lovely it is, and and Suze and Stu look at each other like a couple of loved up teenagers, yeah, I think, yeah. and that is the bit that really winds Jez up. But Jez walks in, doesn't he? He's like, oh, it feels calm, almost spiritual. Like I feel different. Yeah, like he's he's it, it chills him right out. Um, and he's like, this is a good song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Bit different yeah. to Outrageous. <laughs> yeah. um, and Stu sort of tells him, like, Sue's came to check it check it out. Um, look at all these normal people. Um, but again, his fixation is then straight back to Sue's. Oh, she's beautiful. Like an angel. Oh, right. I get it. It's all a big love club down the church, except I'm not invited. The only clubs I'm invited to are horrible sex parties and Friends Reunited dues at TGI Fridays. Yeah, and you can see that. And then that's when he starts to get riled up again. Yeah. He's gone from this spiritual zen to like, hang on, I'm coming down here, 
I've chilled up coming here, but actually I've come to this church and the girl that I'm in love with is there, here with her boyfriend and her boyfriend's a really nice guy, but actually the fact he's a really nice guy is winding <laughs> me up and then I'm only invited to Friends Reunited things I don't really want to go to. And then he's just like, well, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he, he just punches Stu. Yeah. Well, fuck you. Ow. That's right, Stu. God didn't protect you from my big fist. Yeah, you big lump of monk. And you can see all of that going on in his face, that sort of, that struggle. And yeah, I don't know what Jeremy expected here. Like, the hitting seems particularly cruel now, I think, like I say, I think Stu's a really nice guy. And I'm disappointed in Jeremy hitting the monk, precious yeah. Stu. And yeah. I also like, the hit is quite pathetic as well. Like, Stu just kind of goes like, like, touches his eyebrows and he's like, ow, like, what'd you do that for? There's yeah. no, like big swing like i'm gonna knock him out type thing yeah it's a, it's a drunk person's punch yeah yeah totally um but meanwhile mark and sophie are on their second date i think we can assume and they're at the cinema and we arrive as they're queuing up and uh, the music's playing sophie's sort of singing along subtly or maybe not so subtly nope. with some of the quite suggestive lyrics and what she looks all relaxed she's quite just chilled out and mark's face on the other hand could not be more like tense. Yeah. Like again, it's that analyzing everything. Like, how am I getting on? Like, we're, we're queuing up at the cinema. How's it going? Yeah. And she's just like, oh yeah, this is a song I like. Whatever. Like the song for your reference is called "Push It." Yes, by, by Salt, Salt and Pepper. Pepper. Yeah, that's right. And um, we then see he's he's worrying about the the erection problems. That yeah, he's been and he's having. like, oh, I shouldn't have deleted all those spam emails about <laughs> erectile dysfunction. One of them must be. One of them might be from a scientific gene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, he's saying, like, oh, God, I've got to get a hard-on sooner. We're finished. And then he spots the mugger yeah. of all people. And he's saying, like, oh, my, is that... Oh, God, it's, it's him, the bloody mugger. Like, yeah, should I run? run. <laughs> like, can't run. Must maintain social veneer. Like, oh, God, please don't hit me. Please don't hit me. I love Mark's monologues. They get better and better and better <laughs> as the series goes on. Yeah. Um, but that that guy obviously realizes, and I think the guy does know who Mark is. I think the guy must re- recognize who Mark is. Do you think? Yeah, I think he's not going to admit that he. Oh, you're the guy that I mugged. He's not going to say that in a public place, is he? But then, would you initiate conversation just to see whether he could frighten Mark? Mm, maybe. I sort of it. took it as in he might mug quite a few people. And yeah, he maybe. Can't really remember if he. He's like, yeah, maybe I mugged you, but maybe not. Yeah, well, he's quite adamant, isn't he? He's like, do I know you? And Mark's like, no, 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 not me. Um, And the guy's like, I'm sure I know you from somewhere. And Mark's like, no, you probably think I look like a member of the Shadow Cabinet. Yeah, like, look at this kid. Like, does he look like somebody who would know even someone of the actual cabinet, let alone the shadow cabinet. That's such a Mark sort of... And so he's like, didn't you give me a driving lesson? Um, And like Mark's like, no, 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 definitely not. Um, not I said the walrus. He's just been yeah. More, more oh, not I said the walrus. Um, and then in his internal monologue, he's like, I'm surprised he's even taking his test. Oh no, that's not no, his it, internal monologue, is it? Yeah. So then Sophie then says, Oh, I'm surprised he's even taken his test. He like he doesn't look seventeen, and yeah. he's just like, she must never know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, Mark, he's an absolute wimp. Um, but the date must go on, and uh, they're, they're waiting for it to start. And Mark still can't let go of it all. And um... well, he's sort of he's he's quite self-reflective. What kind of person am I? Sitting watching a film in the company of a man who robbed me. 
If Dad knew, he'd call me a big Jesse in his extremely unfunny gay voice. And he mentions a Mark's dad is uh, further fuel. For... Yeah. Um, but Sophie sort of quite to the point. So I wish that guy in the baseball cap would shut up. Um, yeah. Mark sort of obviously realises who it is. Am I just going to sit here and have my evening ruined by some asshole? Just like when I put my Parker on backwards for a joke and Terence Wu take the hood over my face and everyone laugh. Well, I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm not going to fucking take it anymore. What the f- Whacks that guy around the back of the head, doesn't he? Lash, yeah, physically yeah. lashing out. That's... Unlike Mark. Yeah, very much so. Um, and he's like, oh, maybe that'll teach you to rustle your bloody popcorn. Yeah, and I think if Mark had had that sort of bit of fight in him when the mugging was taking place, I bet those two would have just left him to it. They'd have left him alone. I mean, he was holding two bags of shopping, in fairness, so maybe he couldn't, but... But if he just told them to fuck off, yeah, like they fuck might, off, they fuck might have off. fucked off. <laughs> um, but yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, they they get kicked out of the showing, so you can't hit a fellow moviegoer. No, the lights appeared on the side, don't they? Yeah, so, yeah. and uh, but Sophie's loving it. The sort of alpha male Mark, and yeah. um, again, this is something we sort of touched on it a little bit earlier. This is something that she's wanted for a while now, but. I suppose we didn't really know that she wanted him to literally beat people (laughs) or or lash out on them physically. (laughs) I can't believe you just did that. It was only the trailers, too. I just really love those orange ads. I just didn't expect that sort of thing from you, that's all. Well, I guess sometimes people can surprise you. You really whacked him. Um, And it surprises Mark, too. And before you know it, they're suddenly kissing. There's there's something about that sort of excitement that, that gets them going. And then Mark's suddenly found his mojo as well. Hey, Um, there's the stirring, the unstoppable rise. It's like globalisation. It's inevitable. (laughs) God's sake, Mark. (laughs) And he's hark at his stately progress. (laughs) Oh, what a way to refer to your own uh, member. This is it. The eagle has landed. Oh, it's so Captain Corrigan ready to receive his orders. He says that out loud. He says that out loud. And then says, sir, to (laughs) Sophie. He does that little salute, doesn't he? Oh, he looks looks like a little boy again. And she's like, like, no, not that. The other thing. Yeah. He's like, oh, this is my friend. A little friend of mine called Mr. Cutty Knife. Yeah. In case I have to cut down a fellow rival uh, rival alpha male. Yeah, and she's just like, Mark, like, you carry a knife. Like, what the fuck? And internally, we get this, oh, right, so hitting's okay, but there's some massive taboo about stabbing. (laughs) And uh, so she's clearly not happy about it. But, I mean, it doesn't help the fact he's waving it around in her face. I know, and he had this awkward bit where she's, like, dodging, like, trying not to... if he'd gone, no, do you know what, Sophie, like, fair play, like... He's sort of gone with the angle that he was going for, and he's just carried on going. Like at, at this point, if he'd just gone, oh, okay, this isn't acceptable. I didn't really carry it, and I made a joke out of it. But instead, he's like, oh no, it's for horses who's whittling. Look, all right. And then he like he, he talks himself down, doesn't he? He's like, I just like to learn kickboxing to protect myself. I just don't have the time. <laughs> yeah. So basically, what this is is a rather efficient time-saving device. Yeah. We we leave that scene wondering. Yeah, again, we've got a typical things are great in the beginning and by the end of it, he's gone to... screwed it up. Yeah, but that's sort of the story of his life. Oh, it? yeah, again, we're, we're just going into another sort of cycle. Yeah. But it's interesting to know that Jeff isn't there. Or, I mean, he's he, managing he could to screw be, it up on his own. But Jeff screwed it up to the point where I don't think she's going to go there like so quickly. Yeah. So... I guess Mark's always still got his second chance. I mean, it's not over, but yeah, brandishing a knife is enough to sort of 
make him think twice. Although we've talked a bunch of all the red flags that Mark has waved yeah. for Sophie, and she's not run a mile then. Like, she always comes back. So a knife is just the latest flag number 43, <laughs> maybe. Of a million, yeah. Yeah. So, well, uh, he got his black boo back. <laughs> yeah. You we, know, we don't get that question we answered. We don't. So we, we head back to... I'd like to call it the love shack, but maybe that's a bit of a sensitive topic for Jez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we head back to Michelle's house, Michelle and Jez's house. There's also got Big Sue's living there as well. Yeah. Um, and she's sort of like patching him up, isn't she? Like yeah. he's got a, a split lip. Yeah. So we suppose Stu has punched him back. Punched him one back, which fair play actually. Like, but it, there's a fair gap between Stu, between him punching Stu. Like that scene doesn't cut there, does it? When he no. punches Stu, there's a few seconds where you think if 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 he was going to punch him in just direct aggressive retaliation, you'd presume he'd do it straight back. I guess maybe Jez had another go. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we, maybe Big Sue's punched him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, so Jez does say about um, he does make a comment about Stu being like crazy or something. He's, yeah, he says he's some kind of David Koresh Archbishop Tutu. Yeah, that's religious right. maniac. Yeah. And then, so yeah, Michelle was sort of like patching him up, like putting ice on his lip or something. He's saying internally, good old Michelle, cold but comforting. Like a friendly darling. <laughs> yeah. But Michelle's uh, only patching him up so she can tear him a new yeah. one herself. <laughs> Literally tear him a new one. <laughs> and uh, so she's got something else in mind and she's, uh, she's finished patching him up and then she's right back on it. She's like, right, you're all done. Okay, ready for some dirty playtime? Carry on the sex odyssey. But we've already done that. Oh, we did yours, Jez. Now it's time for mine. Oh, God, no. I mean, I don't feel very well. Can't we do it some other time? Jez! We had a deal. But I, I really... I really don't think I want to. Me think the lady doth protest too much. Of course she's going to want something in return. Like, stop ignoring those strings, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> and Jez is just kind of like... Oh god no! Like the look on his face as she turns round and she's, she she we see that she's in that sort of like lingerie. Well, even before that, he's just like I don't feel very well. Like yeah. he's really laying it on thick. So can't we do it some other time? Yeah. And before she turns round, she's like Jez, we had a deal. Yeah. And then she then turns she round and we get and this. She's like, me think on. the lady doth protest yeah. too much. That is oh, that is one of my favourite lines. That's my line of the episode. I think the way he's just kind of like oh, like really. She's like oh, me think the lady yeah. doth protest too. And no. she's got that hands on her hips. Yeah. And really great massive. strap on. <laughs> <laughs> like but no, my favourite line is then Jez's end to this when he's like, "It was a sort of deal, I suppose. Don't want to get a reputation as a deal welcher." Might stop me getting a mortgage. Maybe it'll be better if I imagine it's stew. Yeah. Just imagine it's lovely stew. He sort of just like buries his head in the pillow, doesn't he? Bends over like, and takes it like a yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, poor Jazz. I do, a, I do a feel for him a bit. A lovely bit of pegging to end yeah. episode. Oh, God. But yeah, you could, as well, like, as she's approaching, like, she's buzzing for a bit of strap-on action yeah. and she's closing in on it and you see Jez's like alarmed look in his eyes as the strap-on just gets closer and but closer But you can tell him. that the fact that his idea of a, a sexual fantasy was to want a threesome which like she says is quite vanilla Yeah He must be quite surprised by the fact that she's got she's given him no hint as to what the deal is Yeah Although I think you can deduct from her 
thinking a threesome's vanilla that hers oh is it's going to be quite about, extreme yeah but not necessarily yeah. a strap on that <laughs> the bad thing <laughs> yeah the it's bad a bil- thing it's a big dildo <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah so as Jez sort of buries his head in the, in the pillow it sort of fades to black and uh, and that's the end of the episode it is indeed what a great episode that was. Uh, so, quiz time. Right, how do you want to do this? Because uh, in the preparation, just yeah, to the listeners, we... Tom and I both prepared a quiz for this week. Yeah, so I think a few of mine we've sort of gone over. So perhaps if we just go back and forth. Yeah. Um... Whereas I've been very careful every time we've come close to talking about a specific reference that I've got in my quiz, I've um, I've glossed over it. Oh, okay. So all of my questions then hopefully That's haven't fine. been covered. Maybe so, you go first. So then. do you want to do a back and forth? Yeah, yeah? We can, yeah, we can do that. We can quiz each other. Okay, so mine aren't in any chronological order. Uh, I don't think mine okay. are either. Okay, so first question. Who taped the hood over Mark's face at school? He references it when they're in the cinema. He tapes oh, his parker over his face. It's Terence someone. Um, is it Terence Wu? It is, it's Terence yes. Wu, yes. Yeah. Good shout. Okay, so mine's quite a... F- Easy, we did touch on it. Uh, what's the name of the other woman in the threesome? Oh, it's Vicky, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. Okay, um, again, I glossed over this one. Where was Carl, the driving instructor? When they're in the cinema, the guy goes, where was oh, Carl? Oh, you give me a lesson while Carl was in the Canaries. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a two. Where does Mark meet the guys who claim they can get his phone back? You want the specifics of it? Yes. Yeah. It's... it's, it's is it Chicken Palace? No. It's a chicken shop, isn't it? It but... is a chicken shop, but I need... I need oh, man. Oh, flipping egg. To press you for time. Ch- oh, chicken Cottage. It's Chicken Corner. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> so it's 2-1. Two, 2-1 two, one. Two, one to you. Okay. Who, when Jeremy's in the shop, doing his drunk shopping, um, he says, oh, I must look like... And there are two things he says he must look like to the shop assistant. He doesn't say it to her in his in his monologue. He sort of says, "I must look like uh, Pete Doherty." Yeah, that's one. The other. Um... I don't know who this person is. No, I can't remember the other one. It's Pete Doherty or Bukowski. Don't uh, know who Bukowski is. Fair. Okay. I'll, yeah, have, a, I'll have a quick Google. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then my next question is so what does Mark fear that Jez is buying when Jez tells him he's doing the big shop you're not just buying he lists three things oh we talked about this as well yeah we did touch on it oh man no I've got you're not just buying overpriced something no, there's three things on the shopping list. Well, three things. Oh, he says I also have. I've also have dips. Yeah. Nah, yes. no idea. It's chocolate crisps and booze. Oh, man, yeah, <laughs> so easy. So it's such a standard shop. Uh, I think you're you're gonna win this. Um, when Mark loses his BlackBerry, he says, "I don't want to get humiliated by somebody in IT." What's the name of the bloke? He says, "I don't want to get humiliated by." Oh, this is a bit of a stab in the dark. Is it Patrick? It is Patrick. Oh, You're yes. Smashing yes. I'm well happy with that. 
Um, okay, I've got a few easy ones left there. Um, I've got one question left in mind. Oh, okay, so I'll go with one last one. Uh, how long did Jeremy and Big Suze live together for? 18 months? A year and a half? A year and yeah. a half, correct. Well, 18 months the same in a year. <laughs> um, okay, my last one was when Mark and Sophie are getting it on initially, Mark describes himself as, as, as something. He says, I'm as limp as... Something. Oh, a charity wristband. (laughs) (laughs) Great, great, great analogy. Very good. Um, Okay, there we go then. That's the end of our first episode of Series 3. So thank you very much for joining us as always. If you've enjoyed the show, please take a very quick moment to leave us a review and subscribe to us here wherever you're listening. Uh, We'd really appreciate that as it helps us out massively. Uh, Join us next week for episode two of series three that's called uh, sectioning if you'd like to get in touch with us ask a question leave feedback anything like that you can email us at podcast secrets of the pharaohs at gmail.com find us on twitter at podcast pharaohs so please give us a follow there and on facebook just search podcast secrets of the pharaohs so there we have it. Thank you very much for listening and thank you for joining me, Rob. Do you think we're some pair of shit houses? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>